People obsessed with this new Jeffrey Dahmer mm. series at the moment on Netflix. And I'm sure once you've binge watched that, you probably then went onto YouTube mm-hmm. and Googled Jeffrey Dahmer interview. And there is one that I feel like everyone's seen, maybe even before mm. that series, but it's get, racking up views at the moment. Um, it was a huge interview at the time done by an American reporter, Nancy Glass, who actually joins us right now uh, via Zoom. Good morning, Nancy. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm fine. It's great to talk to you, Ben and Liam. Nancy, have you, you have you watched the Netflix series yourself? Yes, I have. And what, what did you make of it? Did you think it was accurate? Do you think it was a bit dramatized? How did you feel, knowing, you know, being so close to the story? Well, it isn't a documentary. The guy who did it is one of the best producers and writers and directors in America. And I, Ryan Murphy, and I think he did a very good job. Look, it isn't exactly accurate, but it's close enough. He combines some characters, he combines some situations. But other than that, it's it's kind of close to the truth. Because you've made your own documentary on Jeff's life and case. What is it about him that uh, encapsulates you so much? Is it the fact that you, you met the guy? Well, yeah, I spent two years talking to him and his family. You know, it, it was a fascinating story. And one of the first serial killers everybody started talking about. And also what's fascinating about him is, you know, I interacted with him a lot. And every time it struck me how normal he appeared mm. and how terrifying that was. Yeah, of course. The fact that he could sort of blend in and get away with all those yes. crimes. And so can we get back to the start of how you managed to get the interview in the first place with Jeff? Did you fight for that personally? What's the story there? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, back in the day, what I did was I, through contacts, got to know his family. Yep. And after getting to know his family month after month after month, they allowed me to get in touch with Jeffrey. And then we all kept communicating until I got to sit down. But there were a lot of phone calls and letters before mm. that. How you, and after, by the way. Mm. How were you feeling when you when you sort of face to face with one of the most heinous serial killers the world's ever seen? You know, I don't know. You guys do a lot of interviews. You know what happens when you're in the moment. You're in the moment. Mm. It's only afterwards that you say to yourself, Holy cow. Mm. What did I what just happened mm. here? But, you know, I went in there determined to talk to him and try and get past the facade. He was also unhandcuffed at the time. He's just sort of sitting there yeah. casually. Was that ever a discussion? Were they saying, hey, I don't know, no. we should restrain this guy or? No, because here's the thing. First of all, he was done when he was in prison. Well, he wanted to die because he really still wanted to kill and he couldn't. Mm. But he was done. He was exhausted. He was depressed. But also, he didn't kill women. Mm. He killed men. Did your perception of Jeffrey Dahmer change at all after all those years of speaking to him and the family and and having those one-on-one chats? That's a really good question. I would say that I analyzed it a lot. Mm. I mean, if you took things at face value, every time he said, I'm sorry, I wish I hadn't done it. What can I say to the families? If you listen to that just on the surface, you'd think, oh, my goodness, you know, this guy's really sorry. Mm. But he was a psychopath. Mm. So he didn't know what sorry was. He didn't attach to people. He had no feelings. He, you know, he didn't have love. He didn't have hate. He only had desire, and his desire was to kill people. How did you feel when you heard the news of his death, Nancy? Not surprised at all. He mm. wanted to die. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's what he said to me. I don't know why I didn't get the death penalty. I wanted to die. He didn't even want to go to trial. 
But his lawyer said, oh, let's go to trial and I'll get you uh, found insane. And then you'll go to a mental institution, which would have never been the case anyway. Mm. So he was very suspect of what happened in the end. He thought maybe somebody was just trying to get famous off of him. Mm. He was lucid enough to figure that out. But let me tell you, during the trial, he didn't wear his glasses because he didn't want to see what was going on. He wanted to disconnect himself from the procedures. But getting back to when he died. Mm. So he said to me, I should die. He slept all day and stayed up all night because he hated the daylight. And I believe he egged somebody on until he got killed. Mm. Yeah. Well, someone did him the kindness yeah. in, the, uh, in the prison gym, as we saw dramatized at the end of the series. Hey, yeah. Nancy, um, while we've got you as well, uh, supposedly you've, yeah. uh, you've met more than one serial killer in your time. Who was the other person? Oh, well, there are two others. Joel two. Rifkin, who was a killer on Long Island. Mm-hmm. And then there was a man named Glenn Rogers called the Fair-Haired Stranger. And he only killed women with strawberry blonde hair. Oh, and nice. Got- you fit the profile. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a good observation. And he got angry with me, and that was unnerving. Yeah, oh, I, I bet could- it would be. Hey, so, I mean, obviously you've done a few of these hard-hitting interviews, and you said, you, you know, you mentioned we do a lot of interviews. Of course you do it in radio yeah. and stuff, but you're not... You're having serial killers on the mm. phone in the morning. So these are, you know, these are high profile things. Did you notice there was a link between those three people who've sort of committed those crimes when you're in the same room with them? Did you sort of, could you feel that they were psychos or like a little bit different to the rest of us? Well, yeah, you definitely know they're different than the rest of us. Mm. But here's the only link, and that's a great question. The only link is that as each one was not detected, they felt they could go a little further. Mm. So, Jeffrey Dahmer kills somebody. He, you know, sort of he stops for a while because there's too much interfering with him. The, he manages to put down the urges, but nobody comes looking for that guy. Mm. So a few years later, he says he he picks somebody up. He wakes up the next day. They're dead. And he thinks nobody and nobody's looking for that guy. So it escalates. The same thing happened with Joel Rifkin. Joel Rifkin said to me, you know, I killed this woman and nobody's looking for her. And I'm thinking. I can get away with this. I think I'll do that again. Mm. So it's almost a mission for these guys. Mm. Yeah, I suppose inevitably now you're getting. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a great one. I'm not going to follow that mission statement. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, but Nancy Glass, thank you so much for spending mm. time with us this morning and shedding some more light on Hi. your your iconic interview with Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm sure you've been. Um, swamped with requests at the moment uh, considering this guy's sort of been thrown back into the into the limelight but we really appreciate you spending some time with us on Nova this morning well Ben and Liam it's a pleasure talking to you guys